illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half in the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can cuts to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heinrich Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heinrich Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me as always from the Heinrich Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of Thermodynamic Lipid Immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beej. Beej, how in the heck are you doing? Doing great, Billy. You know, I always, when you do our intro, I always picture in my, or I always hear in my, other than the voices in my head, I just hear like this loud screaming and cheering as you bring me onto the, onto the thing, you know, like, <sighs> can, can you, can you see if, Yeah. You need to cut out some sound and put that into this thing so that, you know, I, I, you know, my greatness is, is um, shared with the audience. See, that's, I've always wanted, I've always wanted intro music when I walk into work. Mm-hmm. And I just want, mm-hmm. I want fanfare for the common man. Dun, See, dun, dun, for me? Dun, 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 dun. What about, what do you want? If I can ever find, you know, if I could ever find a, a woman to, you know, have relations with me, um, I want the intro when I, when I go to bed with this, you know, said, you know, have relations with said young lady. Uh-huh. I want the theme from the Chicago Bulls. Oh, the. The okay, I don't that one. No, that's that's the that's Blazers, isn't it? No, it's Chicago Bulls. Is that I, well? You know, it's hard for me to your near near nears are really tough for me to isolate as far uh-huh. as trying to get the tone there. So, but yeah, that that sound when Michael Jordan comes out, you know, yeah. like you know, some serious crap's gonna get done here. That that's the sound I want. Mm-hmm. Some serious crap's gonna get done right now. Right on. So that's my dream. Well, mainly just have a woman in my bed, not so much having the soundtrack. But there you, you, know. there you go. <laughs> well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our insight, experiences, and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others, and just generally talk beaver sports, football, tailgating, and have some fun along the way. I want to remind everyone you can listen to us on your an- iPhone or Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes and whatever ever kind of podcatcher you have. Um, I believe we're on the Google Play podcast app and, and whatever kind of podcast catcher you have um, if you want to get in touch with us there's a couple different ways heinrichtailgatergmail.com at heinrichtailgater on twitter also heinrichtailgater on facebook and let your friends know too let's get that uh, listenership going up I mean we're stupid I, yeah. I think everybody else would enjoy our stupidity well what's really cool is we got uh, we've got 400 people now on or no 399 on our facebook Yeah. which to me that's impressive Pretty good for a stupid little tailgate. I wonder how many. Yeah, not bad for, yeah. All right, Beads. So, anyway, you ready to start? What, with... what are we up to today, Billy? Well, let's start with some Beaver Sports news. First up is women's volleyball. Love women's volleyball, Billy. The Oregon State volleyball team. What do we got? The Oregon State volleyball team, who continues to play shorthanded due to injury and illness, 
dropped a five-set match. Um, it's first of the UNC-CSU Classic Thursday night at Northern Colorado. Vin Beach, uh, the, the team was bested 3-1 to one by number 22, Colorado State, in the second match on Friday night. Were you going to say something? No, this is not good. You told me that we're supposed to be hitting 50% at this point, correct? Well, we need to win a majority of our uh, non-conference. non-conference games and then go 50-50 during the, the Pac-12 season, and you'll be able to make the uh, tournament. Well, they're not listening to your coaching recommendations. Well, so yeah, that's... but they're they're sick and beat up, which isn't helping. Then, Beach, on the final match uh, Saturday morning of the UNC-CSU Classic, the volleyball team fell to Cal Poly 3-1. to one. This now completes the preseason for the Beavs, who finished 6-5 and five and are now set to host their home opener against Oregon on Thursday at 5 at Gill. That sucks. It really does. Just uh, so, they started out pretty well and then just kind of fell apart, just you know, with injury and illness. They're, they've got a lot of people playing out of position. Uh, so. Yeah, are these uh, long-term injuries or are these short-term injuries? Uh, well, they've gone on for a couple weeks now, so to me that would be something long-term. Okay. Already. Well, what's next, girls soccer? Uh, yes, Beach. And after an impressive perfor- offensive performance for the Oregon State's front line, freshman Brianna McReynolds was named the Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week last week by Top Drawer Soccer National Team of the Week. Now, McReynolds recorded okay. her first career hat trick on last Thursday night's 5 nothing victory over Houston. She also recorded an assist to finish with seven points on the night. And then on Sunday against Rice, she recorded a golden goal in the 98th minute to propel the Beavers to a 2-1 to victory in overtime over the Owls. What's a golden goal? That's the, the game winner in overtime. Okay. Okay. Yes, I'm slightly sad. I know stuff about about soccer. I I know. Sometimes I have a lot of respect for you, Billy, and then other times it just goes right in the toilet. Yeah. Well, Beach. Then yeah. on Thursday evening at Lorenz Field, junior Kalen Fried scored a goal and recorded an assist to lead the Beavers to a two to one victory over Idaho, bringing the Beavers' season record to eight and zero. You you are the hoe. That's right. You yep. are the hoe. To eight and zero on the season. Nice. That's great. It's the best uh, start that, the Beavs have ever had. That's fantastic. Were we expecting this good of a season out of the girls this year? I wasn't. Last year was a bit of a down year, and this year they've really uh, come on strong. So, Now, the, the Beavs return to action at 7 p.m. on September 28th in Pullman, Washington, to open up Pac-12 play against Washington State. Now, the Beavs, that game will be airing on Pac-12 Oregon and Pac-12 Washington. Hmm. And it's 7 p.m., so you should be able to catch at least the second half after the Beavers game. After the Beavers football game. Okay. That, that was going to be my, my next question. Yep. So so what what you're saying is I need to head over to Suds after uh, after the game and, and watch it there? I doubt we'll have a soccer game on TV when there's college football. Or football on, on the Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, but if you have the Pac-12 app on your phone, you can watch it there. Okay. Uh, now, Beach, I don't. I know you don't. Uh, on to men's soccer. The Oregon State men's soccer team started off Pac-12 play with a win, Beach, as the Beavs took down UCLA 2 to nothing Thursday evening at Lorenz Field. Now, nice. the win is the Beavs' seventh straight Pac-12 home victory, a streak that dates back to October 22nd, 2017. So we haven't lost at home since whole, 2017? A home Pac-12 game. A home Pac-12 game. Yeah, so we haven't lost a home Pac-12 game since, since 2017. Correct. Now, That's Joe, still pretty impressive. Now, Joel Walker scored his third goal of the season in the contest, while Sofane Javal uh, tallied a goal and an assist. Now, Beads, just so everyone can see how the uh, fudge is packed here, we are recording uh, Sunday afternoon, and the Beavs were playing a game today at home against San Diego State. Okay. And the Beavs won that game 2-1. to one. <laughs> I was actually had the I had the live stream going on my computer here, while I was uh, okay, okay. writing up the show notes. So that, so brings, that just happened. Yeah, so that brings the Beavs' record to five and three on the season, two and zero oh in the Pac-12. Okay. Yeah, and their next game is later this week against I don't remember who. So what we're saying here is with girls soccer, uh, men's soccer, and football, 
were all undefeated in the Pac-12. Correct. Not bad. That's tough when the you know, the, the football team and the women's soccer team haven't played a Pac-12 game. But hey, you know, I'm 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 not. I, Whatever kind of little victory gotta, you need, yeah. Exactly, exactly. It's called marketing, Billy. There you go. Hey, hey, Beach. Billy. Yeah. Yeah. Do I do I hear the telephone? Yeah, you know, I lugged it out here into the family room, so because yeah. I'm not in my office right now. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of got bulky. I took it. Well, it was in the it was in the bedroom last week, I think. Yeah, so it was, yeah. it's a big bulk, son of a bitch. Yeah. So hold on here, Billy. They're hold not on. Small. Billy. Ooh, that was a good rip too. Oh, I, I you should hear me by myself. Mm. All right, Billy. Yes, Beach. This just in. Stinky gunky mess stinks up Eugene. While most people know Eugene stinks, it has been stinking more than normal lately due to a black gunky mess near the former steam plant down by the river. The official statement from the from the city is that the waste is from a coal pro, from coal processing in the early 1900s, but internet rumors state that it was a frequent hangout and relief area for former Duck coach Chip Kelly. His mess has lingered on long after his tenure is uh, long after his tenure in Eugene. Authorities state that the mess should be cleaned up by the end of October. And this has been your update from Eugene. Wow. A stinky, gunky mess, huh? Stinky, gunky, black mess down by the river. From Chip Kelly? Yeah. That's the rumor has it? Well, you know, didn't he live in a van down there for a while? Well, we all know he's full of shit, too, so that would... uh... Uh, Totally. (laughs) (laughs) That would... That would be why that uh, black gunky mess is down there. Well, Eugene oh, always stinks. You know, I call it spewgene. Now we just know why. Exactly. Well, you know, the smell of, 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 of communism in that town is thick anyway when you drive in. Yeah. I mean, it's all I can just to drive through I-5. I mean, i got to hold my breath when I get to the river. And then, you know, pray I can hold it to down by the other river. Because there's a river on the north side and then you cross the same river on the south side, don't you? When you get to Springfield, uh, no, kind of. No, the, yeah. the river on the north side is uh, the Mackenzie. Oh, okay. Southside the Willamette. Is it Southside the Willamette? Yeah. Okay. I have this this weird auto response of my finger going up. I won't tell you which one, but it always just happens. Yeah, that does happen. That does happen. Jess has been amazed. She said, yeah, I can be dead asleep and that finger still pops up. I said, I don't know. I don't control it. So, all righty, Beach. Good update from Eugene. Um, Are you ready to go under further review for week number four in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown! I am. I actually was able to catch. Uh, so you know me. I'm I'm always working and doing stuff. Yeah. But I was able to catch uh, the last half of the Washington State UCLA game. Did you watch the end of it? Yes, I did. Oh wow. Okay. Good. Then we want you'll have something to talk about. Um, okay. looking at the week. So pretty much there's still a handful of preseason or, um, out of conference games left. Hey, when people call them preseason, cause they're not preseason. You only play 12 games during your season. You have three non-conference games and you have nine conference games. That's so it's not preseason. Okay. You've got non-conference games and conference games. Usually your non-conference games happen towards the beginning of the season, but because of the South of the Bay Area schools saying they need to play the L.A. schools every year. It throws that mm-hmm. off. So it's always a little jiggered around here and there, but it's all good. All right. So uh, up first, while well, heading into the week, um, there have been 34 games played. You were in the lead with 25 out of 34. I was at 23 out of 34. And Kyle, I hate you, Kyle, was in third place with 22 out of 34. All right, Beach, up first. Uh, we had one game on Friday night. Utah at USC. And we all picked Utah on this sucker. Correct. Do you know who won? I have no idea. I was I was I was drunk and high on on Friday night, so. Well, Beach, um uh on the first, I believe the first opening drive of the game, USC quarterback, freshman quarterback Caden Slovis left with a possible concussion. Mm. Yep. And uh, so That's not- their their number one quarterback was lost for the season the first game of the year. So 
Oh, here, going all the way back. So after fall camp, the quarterback situation had run its way out. There was the, I can't remember the first guy's name, but there was the, the true freshman that had come in first. Then this Keaton Slovis, who's a freshman, was second. And then there was this guy named Matt Fink, who was third. Now, Fink ended up being third. He'd been there last year. And so it was reported that he was going to enter the transfer portal and leave, go someplace else. But Did he? Uh, he had not, no. So uh, on the second play of the game, Beach, starting quarterback Caden Slovis left with a possible concussion. Well, Beach, USC quarterback Matt Fink then entered the game and found himself passing for 351 yards, leading to a 30-23 to victory over number 10 Utah at a roaring Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. And at the end of the game, Beach, he was sitting on the sideline between Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart for a post-game interview on national TV, which is funny because Bush and Leinart are, of course, USC legends. Now, USC wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. caught 10 passes for a career-high 232 yards and a touchdown from Fink in the victory over the Utes. Fink went 21 of 30 with three TD passes for USC. And he mostly looked sharp as the third quarterback to play important snaps in four games for the Trojans, who lost starter JT Daniels to a season-ending knee injury in the opener. Now for uh, Utah, Devontae Henry Cole rushed for an early touchdown, and Cole Fotheringham caught a TD pass for the Utes, who struggled after star running back Zach Moss left in the first half with an apparent shoulder injury. Utah still um, has never won the 96-year-old Memorial Coliseum in L.A. Wow. Yeah. Now, for the Beavs, it's been a long damn time, too. They haven't won since the 60s, but they've at least won there. Mm-hmm. So. They, they won their back before when it still had a track around it. Yes, 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 yes. So none of us got the point there. It was a good game, but on that second play, when that quarterback from USC went down, I'm like, okay, they're done. And they weren't. They kept coming at them. The thing with USC is they're young, but they've just got so much damn speed. And really? Are they fast? USC is fast. They've always got athletes, and if you can get those guys all pointed in roughly the same direction and, and move in the same way, they've got some skills that can just kill. Mm. All right, Beach, so we have that you point. That. What were we going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, you know, I was I was thinking about um, who's the coach of the Seahawks? Former oh, coach Pete of Carroll? USC. Pete Carroll, you know that he's like, what they say, he's, is he 70 now? I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, they had his birthday or something on there, and when they mentioned his age, I'm like, oh, dang it, he's dad's age. Yeah, pretty he, darn close. He looks pretty dang good. He is yeah. 60, 68. Oh, 68, okay. Yeah, but he hey, wasn't too 68. far from dad. I'm thinking, yeah, that's still, I mean, impressive coaching and, and as, and as uh, active as he is on the sidelines, you know. How, mm. how, how, so for reference here, how old is Mike Leach? Uh, Mike Leach, I'll look it up. Fifty-eight. Fifty-eight. I mean, if you saw the two of those guys side by side, which one has more energy? Oh, yeah, Pete Carroll does, yeah. but he's always been like that. But oh, yeah, I'm, saying that he's sixty-eight, yeah. that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and he's still still coaching well, as far as I can tell, and looks pretty good for for that so. age too. So. Absolutely. All right, Beach. So, so none of us got the point there. All right, Beach. All, yeah, all, all, the, all the rest of the games were on Saturday the 21st. Up first, Cal at Ole Miss. We all picked uh, we all picked the, the, the Golden Bears on this one. How do we how do we fare on this one since we suck so bad on the Utah guess? Well, Beach, Cal linebacker Evan Weaver finished with 22 tackles Saturday against Mississippi, the last one being the most important. Weaver tackled Ole Miss quarterback John Rice Plumley for no gain at the one-yard line as time expired to preserve number 23 Cal's 28-20 victory over the Rebels. Weaver crashed hard from the right flank, wrapped up Plumley, and stopped his progress as help arrived to finish the play. Wow. Now, the last-minute heroics almost overshadowed a brilliant performance from quarterback Chase Garbers, who threw for four touchdowns and finished 23 of 35 for 357 yards. Touchdown passes of 9 and 60 yards to Jordan Duncan and Jake Tongas on the opening two possessions of the second half preserved a lead Cal never surrendered. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and we will have a little bit to talk about the end of that game in another segment coming up. 
Ooh, that's ex- that, now I'm now I'm intrigued. Yeah. So you know, it was funny after uh, after you after we did that uh, the the non jackass of the week last week. Uh-huh. Um, like a day later or two days later, I heard it on several talk shows about about the, uh, yeah. about the and for Wendy. Yeah. And I'm thinking, wow. Heiner tailgaters on the cutting edge. There you go. So there you go. So we all got the point on that one. Up next, Beach, Washington at Provo, Utah to take on BYU. And I picked uh, BYU on this one while you and Kyle took the Huskies. Correct. Relentless defensive pressure and efficient offense blended together perfectly. For number 22, Washington, in a 45-19 victory over BYU on Saturday. The Huskies forced three BYU turnovers and scored a pair of TDs off those defensive plays. Now, in four games, Beach, Washington has allowed just 18.3 points per game and held each opponent under 400 yards of total offense. Now, the Huskies' defense resembled past units that led the Pac-12 in scoring defense and total defense each of the previous four seasons. Quarterback Jacob mm. Eason found a way to get it done on offense. He threw for 299 yard, or 290 yards and three TDs while completing 24 of 28 pass attempts. The Huskies totaled 477 yards on offense behind his efficient performance. Now Aaron Fuller, Eason's top target, had 91 yards on eight catches, and he also had a touchdown catch and returned a punt 88 yards for another score. Washington is one of those teams like Oregon that when they get it all rolling – they just get it all rolling and you could be in trouble mm-hmm. because that's when they start getting like punt returns for touchdowns and kickoff returns for touchdowns and interception return for touchdowns, fumble returns for touchdowns. And it just, not only are you trying to stop them defensively, but then they're scoring on non offensive plays too. And that just makes it really tough to overcome. Kind of a lot like how their counterpart in Washington, Washington state, how, when they start wanting to lose a game, how they can just manage to just continue to make bad decisions and bad errors and bad screw ups and can like drop like a four score lead mm-hmm. over a period, uh, quarter and a half. Yeah. Right. Yep. Same kind of concept. Pretty much. <laughs> so, okay, Billy. Next uh, up so was uh, Kyle and I got the win there. Next up, Oregon at Stanford. So you and I reluctantly picked the Ducks while Kyle smoked some crack, and chose Stanford. Correct. Now, Justin, uh, Oregon quarterback Justin Herbert threw two of his three TD passes to Jacob Brayland, and number 16 Oregon held a third-straight opponent without a TD in a 21-6 victory over Stanford on Saturday. Herbert finished 19-24 of 24 for 259 yards. He connected with Jalen Red and Brayland on scoring strikes in the first half and then put the game away with a 24-yard pass to Brayland that made it 21-3, Five plays after K.J. K. Costello was intercepted by Javon Holland. Now, Oregon has gone three straight games without allowing a touchdown. But that doing it against Stanford was far more impressive than against Nevada or Montana. Mm-hmm. Now, Costello for Stanford competed 16 of 30 for 120 yards with an interception while playing with a banged-up thumb. Stanford has lost three games in a row for the first time since 2008. Wow. And that thumb's going to be something to watch, Beach. So that happened towards the, uh, the in the first half, and he was uh, making a pass play, and, you know, the guys kind of ran into him as he was on his follow-through, and he hit that mm-hmm. thumb. I don't know if it was on a helmet or a shoulder pad, but he hit that thumb as he followed through. And to me, that just says ligament damage, and that makes it really hard to hold the football. And that can take mm-hmm. a while to fix. That's what's taken Drew Brees for the uh, Saints out for a couple weeks is he, he hit somebody's helmet on his follow-through with his thumb. Wow. So, funny, you would just think your thumb is, is a lot more durable than that. But also yeah, but, but if it gets bent back like that, yeah. imagine your thumb being bent back from your hand, especially on a follow-through where all the momentum of your hand's going one way, and then your thumb just stops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's one of those things that you see it happen, you're like, ooh, that's not good because it'll take a while to heal. So, so you and I got the point on there. Kyle, however, did not. Up we next. need to talk to Kyle about his uh, his drug use. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right, Beach. Up next, Colorado at Arizona State. And we all took uh, Arizona State on this one because it was at Arizona State is what my claim was because I still think Colorado is a decent team. Yeah, well, Colorado quarterback Steven Montez threw for 337 yards and had three TD passes to, Troy, to Tony Brown. And Colorado beat a ranked road opponent 
for the first time Seriously. for his first time in 17 years with a 34 to 31 win over number 24 Arizona on Saturday night. Now Arizona State won its first three games behind its defense, allowing 21 combined points in those three games. Colorado, however, had 24 points by halftime and racked up 477 total yards against the Sun Devils, despite playing most of the game without star receiver LaVisca Chenault due to injury. Now, Arizona State's Jaden Daniels threw for 345 yards and two touchdowns, connecting with Brandon Ayuk nine times for 122 yards to keep the Sun Devils within reach. Wow. Yeah. A little shocked on that one. Me too. It was actually a good game. Um, our, our picks this week have sucked. Yeah. You know, they did. They did. Um, we've got one game left and I think, yeah. We, we stepped in it. I mean, we stepped in a big old pile of, well, uh, I tell you what, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it here when this, when we talk about this last game, but yeah. So ask the last game, Beach. Gotcha. All right, Beach. Okay. So the last game up UCLA at Washington state. So this one here. So, Last night, um, went out to dinner with some friends of mine to this Moroccan place over in Wilsonville. Really? Yeah, really good. They they got skewers and stuff. It's like meat on a stick. And uh, then they have this really interesting dessert. It's got like bananas and strawberries and apricots and pears and like this pastry with ice cream on top, powdered sugar. Oh, it was pretty phenomenal. But anyway, um, we decided we were going to go over and, and play a, a late night of um, – late night game of mini golf over at Bullwinkle's there in Wilsonville. Oh yeah. And they did a major remodel to that place. I don't know if you've been over there in the last year, but uh, they got a whole bowling alley now set up in indoor. And it's yeah. Indoor bowling alley. Uh, just like you'd find at uh, big owls and stuff, you know, it's got the big screens uh, above the the bowling alleys and stuff. And so as we're walking by, uh, and, and they've remodeled the whole inside too. It's much more, um, friendly and, and updated. Um, and also feels like it's much more for like a mixed crowd as opposed to a kid crowd. And, um, so we, we walk in and I look up on the big screens and I see UCLA playing Washington state. And so I said, I'm thinking we need to hold tight on the golf and we need to start with bowling first. And so we did. So we, we played a couple of games of bowling and then we actually did mini golf late at night. But, but, uh, I was able to watch uh, part of the game. Oh, nice. Well, we all took Washington state over UCLA. Uh, UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson threw a 15-yard TD pass to Demetric Felton with a minute seven left in the game as UCLA overcame a 32-point second-half deficit to claim a wild 67-63 victory over the Cougars. Now, the the Bruins overcame a record nine TD passes by Washington State's Anthony Gordon. Now, after Felton's TD, Gordon was sacked and fumbled, the team's sixth turnover of the game, on the next possession with about a minute remaining, and UCLA recovered and ran out the clock. Thompson Robinson threw it, for... It was, it, it was so bad. Mm-hmm. It was so bad. When when I got to watch it at, at Bullwinkle's there, I'm looking at that, I'm like going, yeah, Chip Kelly, yeah, suck it, bitch. And that was my thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. And then come back, and we then we went golfing, and then I come back and I see the score, and I'm like, how in the hell is that even possible? And then I thought, oh, it's the Cougs. It's the Cougs. Now, Thompson Robinson threw for 507 yards and five TDs for UCLA. Gordon for Washington State threw for 570 yards and broke the school record with nine TD passes for Washington State. Now, Jacksonville Jaguars starting quarterback Gardner Minshew II, a six-round draft pick who was on the Wazoo sideline for Saturday's game, had held the school record of seven TD passes in the game set just last November. Now, Aesop Winston Jr. was Gordon's favorite target, catching four TD passes. Washington State jumped to a 35-17 lead at halftime and pushed it to 49-17 early in the third. Mm -hmm. But turnovers will kill you. Mm -hmm. They will kill you. And that final turnover, you know, here they they just had to run out the clock. Mm -hmm. And, and, I mean, and, and kudos to the UCLA player. He went for that ball, stripped it out because they 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 were going for a touchdown on that final or the second final drive, mm-hmm. and they didn't get it. Turned it over on downs, and then uh, Washington State's running it back, and that that UCLA player just pulled. I mean, he went for the ball, and the guy and they ended up um, doing an official review. They called it ground caused, and then did the official review and reversed the decision. 
and uh, UCLA ball on the, what was it, 15 or 20, Mm -hmm. you know, with what, maybe three minutes left to go. And you're like, going, well, you know, they, now they got four chances to, to get her in there. Hmm. And, uh, I mean, it was just, just pathetic. Anyway, uh, I, I, Washington state, you, you, I mean, it's, it's like somebody forgot to buy the pine torn, yeah. uh, the weekend or something because they were dropping every freaking ball you could think of. It was pathetic. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway, just pisses me off. Cause I wanted to chip Kelly to go completely defeated this season. Yeah, it would have been nice, but you know. All right, Beach. Yeah. So none of us got Sun, the point Sunshine there. Sunshine is on a dog's ass once in a while. That's right. So after four weeks and 40 games, you are in first place at 27 out of 40. Mm-hmm. Kyle is in third place at 24 out of 40. And I'm in second place at 26 out of 40. Tight. Slowly going through those, slowly picking away at your lead there. Like a German hooker, good and tight. Good and tight. Um, all right, Beach. Uh, let's look at the Pac-12 and the polls. Uh, this week's polls have been posted and in the ap poll oregon has climbed back up to number 13 cal has climbed to 15 washington state to 17 utah fell to 19 usc picked back up to 21 and washington arizona state and colorado are all in the others receiving votes category now in the usa today coaches poll oregon again climbs to 13 cal to 16 washington 17 utah falls to 19 USC's in at 25, and Washington State, Colorado, Arizona State, and Arizona are all in the others receiving votes category. Okay. So there you go. And Oregon State's incognito. There you go. All right, Beach. it is now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Every week, we like to discuss, discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst at sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this week, Beach. It's going to officiating. And really, it's In going general? it's going to Pac-12 officiating. Okay. Um, you know, it really kind of got me a couple weeks ago when the Beavs played at Hawaii. Those were Pac-12 officials. And that bullshit offensive pass interference call on Isaiah Hodgins early in the second half, which completely killed the drive. That was one of the worst. Usually, for there to be an offensive pass interference call, you have to see the offensive player completely extend his arms and push off and get his Mm -hmm. momentum going. If you watch the replay, his hand brushes the guy as he's running by him, but there's no way he pushed the guy at all, let alone Mm -hmm. got any kind of a competitive advantage. It was just, it was just horrible. Well, Beach, this one this week happened in the old miss cow game down in Mississippi. So when there's non-conference games, Usually the visiting team brings their officials. It's just kind of okay. standard standard protocol. Okay. Well, Beach, I had to say the, the Ole Miss Rebels were both lucky and incompetent late in that Saturday's last game to the Golden Bears, but they were also kind of screwed by the refs. Now, down eight points with the ball at the Cal 3, the Rebels had third and goal with no timeouts and 22 seconds to get the ball in the end zone. Mm-hmm. quarterback John Rice Plumley found receiver Elijah Moore at the goal line, like right at the goal line. He was tackled, but mm-hmm. the refs ruled him down short of the goal line. Okay. Now they also didn't stop the clock to review the play. Despite the fact that it was not clear at all, whether he'd gotten in or not. I mean, he got tackled right at the goal line. Like mm-hmm. his, his body was in the end zone, but where was the ball? Hard to completely tell. Yeah. So the time was running. They should have stopped the clock and reviewed the play. Mm-hmm. But Ole Miss, not having any timeouts, couldn't call a timeout to get them to review the play. Okay. And time's but the running officials out. Still can, the officials can call their own, though, can't they? Well, as they should have. Now, remember, these are Pac-12 officials. They're at the – at the uh, at the stadium. Okay. So, but there's not enough time left for them to wait, because normally, you know, what you'll do is if they want the if they want the officials to try and to look it over, they'll kind of wait, and they'll mm-hmm. kind of like, well, we're not going to snap the ball. They didn't have enough time because there was literally just yeah. seconds left, and it was fourth down. They needed to score. Yeah. So with no timeouts and fourth down, they couldn't spike the ball. 
So they rushed to the line of scrimmage and tried to run a quarterback sneak, and that's when he was stuffed by uh, the Bears' defense. At the yard. At, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's not like they could stop and say, are you guys, can you guys review that? Don't you think you should? It's one of those plays, every play should be reviewed, but that one should have been stopped immediately. The time should have been stopped well, immediately. And, what were you going to say? And did they, did they, well, for starters here, did, was that a first down? Did they get a first down with that catch? No, they had to score. It was, it was goal to go. And and was that and what when that was second down, third that, down, that was fourth third, down, what, what third, down? Third down when he caught it right at the goal line. Okay, so they couldn't spike the ball because they'd be out of downs. Also, downs. if they would have spiked the ball, they couldn't review it because that play was already done. Correct. 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 Yeah. Correct. Yeah. They just they yeah. just they just got screwed right. all over the place. And, just, and has again, anything been said about this? What, was it acknowledged on any of the, well, the, they, the sports they, they, they talked about uh, kind talk of, shows or anything? They kind of talked about it being bad luck and not great clock management, which I agree. But the referee just – it was that close. That's where you got to call a timeout and, and, and stop the clock and, and, and run it. You're, well, I always thought – so there was the one that they had at the, the uh, UCLA game where they ended up reversing it and calling it a fumble where they originally called it ground cause. Yep. Um, I thought that was a, uh, I thought the, uh, the officials called that timeout. Yeah. But maybe, maybe Chip Kelly did. I don't know, but I just assumed it well, was the, the, cause it's supposed to come from the box they, they, because it was, it was a pretty important play. Yeah. And that should have cut I me. Mean, that's what this was. It was, I mean, they still weren't yeah, going to tie it was, the game. It was a touchdown or not a touchdown play. Yeah. The, the best they could do is hopefully they score, get a two point and tie it. But this, this was it. It was right there. And I don't know how they don't stop the. Stop the play. This is the kind of thing that it's supposed to be prevented. Did you get to see any of those things? Did you see, did it look like it was a touchdown when they got oh, tackled? No, I, it, I don't know if he was in. It didn't look like it, but they never showed a replay from the other side. So it would gotcha. have been nice to have seen a goal, a shot from the goal line from the other side, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. They only showed from totally. one sideline. And it was close. It's like, well, I don't think you know, he was in there, but I'd like to see it from the other spot. Anymore, they seem to have like six or seven different angles on the ball. Yeah, and it's so. like, and you got to see like where exactly does he touch down? Like, is it just his palm down? Is it his wrist down? Does his elbow hit? Is he mm-hmm. is he laying on top of another player? Because if you mm-hmm. if your ass hits down, but you're on top of another guy's arm, you're not down yet. You haven't touched the ground. Yeah. So, anyways, and it was close, and it just it needed to be. And again, Pac-12 officials. And it's mm-hmm. just, I'm tired of how crummy the Pac-12 officials are. And it's just, it, it puts the, the Pac-12 teams at a competitive disadvantage. And it's not just football. It's also basketball. It, it's a bunch of sports. And I'm just tired of it. So, Pac-12 officiating, you get this week's. <laughs> Jackass of the week. Anyways, yeah, just it was just bad. And it's funny because I'm sitting there yelling, I'm not rooting for either team. I'm just rooting. I'll be saying like what that team should do. Like half time, like you know, you got to time out, time out, time out. But uh, there's part of me thinking, no, I don't want them to call a timeout because I want the other, I want the team on defense to win or, or whatever. And I just say it. And I'm like, they got to review that. They got to review that. They're, they're not reviewing it. Now you got to run a play. You got to run a play. How can they not be reviewing it? You know. And I wanted Cal to win. You know. But mm-hmm. it still just pissed me off when things aren't done correctly. Yeah, yeah. So, because you want to see an honest win. You don't want to see it by by stupid. By that kind of BS, by by refs making the calls. Exactly, exactly. Alrighty, Beach. It is now time for the musical interlude of the week. What song from 1985 did you pick this week? Well, you know, it was funny because I had one in my mind about four or five days ago, and then I looked it up today and realized it was a song from 1983, not 1985. And I'm like, well, I can't really use that. And I had a whole dissertation I was going to do on it, and I was really disappointed. So anyway, we'll have to have to do a dissertation on that another time. So this song that I ended up picking this morning, this song was first heard on February 15th, 1985, but it was released on February 20th, 1985, yet it was set on March 24th, 1984, when it was first heard. Okay. And you're scratching your head. You're going, I don't get this speech. Yeah. It's like, Billy, what happened on Saturday, March 24th, 1984? 
Saturday, March 24th, 1984. Oh, that's the Breakfast Club. Shermer High. Yes. Yes. So, so on the Breakfast Club was officially released on February 15th, 1985. The movie is actually set on Saturday, March 24th, 1984. And its soundtrack was released on February 20th. Or yeah, February twentieth, nineteen eighty-five, and the song that is famous for this movie is "Don't You Forget About Me." So actually, some interesting about this thing. So you know, we all got to see Claire and John and Allison and Brian and Andrew have their uh, their time together on Saturday uh, Purgatory uh, under their uh, principal. Did you know that the principal died here back in two thousand six of lung cancer caused by asbestos? Yeah. Yeah, that's sad. Anyway, um, so this song wasn't actually so this song was uh, sung by Simple Minds, yeah. But it actually wasn't written by Simple Minds. Who it was you? written by a guy named Kevin Forsey and Steve Shift, and they were the ones responsible for scoring the Breakfast Club. Okay. And they were both they were both Simple Minds Minds fans, so they wrote this song with them in mind. However, when they presented it to uh, the management group for Simple Minds, they turned them down. And so they went to a guy named Brian Ferry, and he turned them down. Then they went to Billy Idol, and they turned and he turned them down. And they went to the lead singer of The Fix, and he turned them down. And then they even pondered taking it to Corey Hart, who was uh, famous for singing the song Sunglasses at Night. Yeah, correct. But ultimately they decided against him because they just didn't feel he was right for the song. So then finally uh, – it's like in Ferris Bueller, you know, he says, you know, my, my brother's sister's girlfriend saw him pass out of 31 Flavors last night. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. So finally, some people in the record industry hit Simple Minds up again and said, you know, you, real, you really need to uh, think about this, uh, doing this song. And the guys in Simple Minds said, you know, we are Simple Minds and we sing songs from Simple Minds. We don't sing other people's songs, mm-hmm. even if they were to sound like us. And, but they, they decided to reconsider, they did it. And then after they did it, they're like, this has totally strong commercial play. And they were struggling to get into the U S market. Mm-hmm. And this song actually helped them achieve that. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, I, I thought it was interesting. I mean, could you imagine I, when I was reading the article, I'm like on Billy Idol singing, don't you forget about me. Wouldn't that have been funny? <laughs> Did I ever tell you I've seen Billy Idol in concert? Really? Yeah, I saw him down at the old um, uh, House of Blues in Anaheim at Disneyland. Oh, really? How was he? He was good. Guess what his opening song was? This? Yep. You're kidding me. Dead serious. He did a he did a he did a uh, cover on of it on his uh, greatest hits CD, I believe. Really? Yeah. Because it was offered to him by the guys who wrote the song originally. Yeah. That's yeah, that's, that's the song he opened the show up with. That's so cool. But uh, here is Simple Minds with Don't You Forget About Me.
Yeah, I was going to pop that on you at the end, but then when you said, could you hear, imagine hearing Billy Idol singing? I'm like, actually, I could. <laughs> I totally could. Well, you know, the uh, what was funny was um, I was I was trying to find a good song from 1985, and this one popped up. And I'm like, oh, Breakfast Club, totally. And so then I Google it, the Breakfast, because I knew the Breakfast Club had the day, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like going, 1984? Did this thing come out in 84, 85? I didn't realize that it was actually, the movie is set 11 months before the uh, the movie came out. Nice. Yeah, you know, and I don't know if we've ever talked. I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this since since we can go into the weeds a little bit. Um, it wasn't actually in a library that they filmed it. It was actually in a school gymnasium, and they set the gym to make it look like a library. Oh. And they filmed it at the same time they filmed Ferris Bueller's, and they were both in the same school. Oh, really? Yeah. And what else did they say? So that, that's that's some. Oh, and then Anthony Michael Hall and Judd Nelson and all them. The um, um, the uh, John Hughes filmed that movie pretty much in order. And so uh, Michael Anthony Hall kind of said, you know, we got spoiled because we kind of thought, you know, this is how movies were shot in order, you know, mm-hmm. from from start to beginning, not cut up and then pasted together because because when we filmed it, it all made sense. And uh, the other interesting thing is, um, what was it? Anthony Michael Hall's mom is the one that actually drops him off the school. Oh, really? Uh, and his dad at the end is played by John Hughes, I think. Oh, really? And the car that Claire comes in on when she gets dropped off is actually John Hughes's car. Huh. Yeah, there's a bunch of little little things in there right at the intros and the end. that, But I didn't know John Hughes was even in the movie. Huh. No. I didn't either. Uh, you know, Adam Carolla grew up with uh, Molly Ringwald. Really? Yeah. Actually, it was the older sister that they thought was going to be the one that was going to be a star, and then Molly took off. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He Where, were they trying to be actresses? Um, they lived down there in uh, uh, Los Angeles, and yeah, he just he knew her. You know, went to mm-hmm. high school with her. So um, he also went to high school with some big. Adult film star. Oh, I'm, I'm sure I know her, Billy. I'm sure I know um, her. <laughs> I can't remember what her name is now. I'll probably not, think not of it. Jenna James, not Jenna Jameson. No, or... but it's that kind of, it's that kind of, she was really busty. Trying well, to chances out. are if they're a famous porn star, they're probably 
pretty busty. Yeah. I mean, even Ron Jeremy's pretty busty. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> dang, what the heck was her name? It, damn it. I'm sure it'll come to you. It's not... Damn it, you're she, not letting me have anything. Yet. I know, she, I know. She was around in the 80s. Christy like, Canyon. Like Christy Canyon. Can... Christy Canyon. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that name. Yeah, yeah I've heard that name. Christy Canyon. Yeah, but I can't remember what her name was. But, yeah, he went to, he went to school with Christy Canyon, too. So, there you go. I, I love how we can go from music to porn. So. <laughs> All right. So, there you go. Hey, uh, just to let you know, too, I got a text from Kyle. And he actually sent me a picture. And it looks like he is on a tour of a bunch of cliff dwellings. So I don't know. Really? I don't know if he is in it. It's a really cool panoramic picture, too. It, I don't, isn't those cliff, is that those famous cliff, cliff dwellings in, like, New Mexico? I don't know if he's in New Mexico or if they've got some in Utah or Arizona, but he is at some cliff dwellings. Hmm. So, yes, where they're built kind of right up into the cliffs and the, they kind of look like adobe bricks built in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So yeah, that's where he's at. So I doubt we'll be we'll be hearing from him with his picks, but that's okay. I'll write him down, and we'll we'll still keep track for him for next week. All, All right, right Beach. Okay. Good, good musical interlude. Way to get off on the weeds for both of us. Um, let's now look at week number five in the Pac-12. Okay. Looks like we have five games this week. First up, Friday night, Arizona State at Cal. Ooh. Um, I'm taking Cal. I too. I'm thinking the the Bears are going to beat Sparky. That's what I think too. All right, Beads. Next up, we have four games on Saturday. First up, USC at Washington. And I'm going to take the Dogs because I just I like kind of what you were saying. I think they're they're all going in the right direction. Mm Mm-hmm. And. I think so too, and yeah. I think that defense is is too uh, a little more um, ready to go than USC's young offense. So totally, a little more seasoned. All right, Beach. Uh, up next, Washington State at Utah. Hmm, that's a tough one, huh? Both coming off losses last week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to regret it, but I think I'm going to take Wazoo. Okay. I'm taking Utah. You? Yep, I'm taking Utah. Okay. Yeah, I'd already written it down before you said anything, so. I just, I think, I I like Utah's defense better than I like Washington State's, so. Well, I don't know, you know, my my fear is they're going to cook again. It was so, so bad. I mean, they owned that game. I know. And, I mean, you looked at the fans in, in at the stadium there. You know, they have nothing else to look forward to in Pullman other than a football game for the whole week. And they're sitting there kind of in disbelief. Like, but we were ahead by, like, 30-some points. I know. How in the hell this happened? Yep. And, right. and to see Chief Kelly celebrate, I just wanted to, yeah. Puke? Yeah. All right, <laughs> Beach. Up next, that's why it makes me want to puke. That's why it makes me want to puke of the of the week. Yeah, we haven't okay. done that. We haven't had a Tanner Boyle makes me want to puke play for a while. Hope well, hopefully not, because that usually means it's some grotesque injury that I want to show you on film. All right, Beach. Up next, seeing Chip, Chip Kelly high five players. You know, oh god, yeah. it's not pretty at all. Up anyway. next, UCLA at Arizona. I will take Arizona. I'm not going to take that fat little effort. I can't. I don't know what to do, Beach. Rooting for the devil. I'm going to take Arizona. Okay, up next, last game of the week, Stanford at Oregon State. And what time is our game on this one? 4 o'clock. 4 p.m. game. All right, and I'm pretty safe that you and I are going to take the Beavers on this one. You know? I, 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 I'm, I'm worried because Stanford's coming off with so many losses that they're going to want to try hard for the, the win. Me too. Um, but 
I also just maybe Stanford's just not that good this year. And that could be. It very well could be. So, all right, Beach. Well, let's talk about. We've had a week to had a week to relax, recover, and and uh, hopefully that win is uh, contagious for us. Yeah. So let's talk about the, this week's game. So four o'clock kickoff, um, and mm-hmm. for whenever we play the Bay, whatever Bay Area school at home, we have Sausage Fest. We have Sausage Fest. So this, Sausage Fest 2019. This goes back to 2007. We went to a game at Cal and had these Evergood sausages, which are made right in the Bay Area, right at the base of the uh, Bay Bridge. And I uh, love them so much. Now, whenever we play the uh, Bay Area school up here, we make sure to have Sausage Fest and have those Evergood sausages. So I have uh, Louisiana Hot Links. I've got the garlic, and I've got the pineapple, mm-hmm. which are the pineapples, the ones that everyone seemed to love the most. Mm-hmm. And, a little, little sweet. A little salty. Yep. Pretty and good. So we've got that. We'll have all the accoutrements for that. Onions, chopped onions. We'll also have some cooked onions and peppers. We will have bacon. What kind of bacon you want? Just like bacon pieces, bacon bits. Bacon bits. Okay, I can do that. Because if do we have any cheese sauce? I do have cheese sauce. Because maybe a little cheese sauce with a little bit of bacon on there, kind of like a lunar dog from back in the day. Oh, lunar dogs! I was thinking about that the other day. So yeah, we can do cheese sauce. We can do bacon. Chopped onions, pickles. Mm-hmm. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe I'll get some peppers too. The spear kind of pickles, not not the. Oh no! Yeah, I'll have both. Okay. I'll have both. Um, and so then, what kind of deep fried junk do you want? Again, I'm all about the, the 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 JoJo potatoes. Okay, we're covered there. And that'll be even good with cheese sauce and bacon. Correct. Mm-hmm. Maybe, um, maybe we some already sour got cream pepper. on there too. Oh yeah, sour cream. Ooh, mm. I love how this is growing. Um, uh, then let's. Um, I don't know. Do we need cookies? We could probably some or no, cookies. Do you want to do the Traeger? What? Want to do the Traeger? Do we want to do the Traeger? I don't, I don't want to bring the Traeger out. Okay, then how do we cook cookies without the Traeger? Just bring cookies. Yeah, we can just bring cookies. Okay, okay, we can do that. Um, um, as far as deep fried, I don't know what else. Do we need anything else deep fried? No, I don't think so, unless you want me to grab some fish. Um, um, you know, the halibut is good. The halibut, yeah. I like – how about those halibut pieces again? Okay, I can do that. Yeah, let's do that. So we'll, just do, we'll, do, we'll do chips and veggies and deep-fried stuff and dogs? Yep, sounds good. Okay, we'll start – we'll kind of plan on getting the food ready about noon. Okay, I'd maybe even bit a little sooner than that. 11 o'clock, yeah. 11 o'clock probably. I think 11. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. And that'll give us four hours out there tailgating. Mm-hmm. All right. That sounds good. I well, like four, that. Four, not more than four hours tailgating, but four hours of cooking. Four hours of cooking, yes. We'll be up and ready to go by 7. Yeah. So if anybody wants to come out, we're up and ready to go with the TV running by 7. So if you want to start catching a game day with us, uh, we're out there. Correct. So who's, who's going to be the first game of the week? Uh, this week? What's the, what's the early, well, what's the earliest Pac-12 game? Um, let me see the schedule here for week five. I don't know. There's, um, let me see. We got Texas Tech at Oklahoma at nine. Northwestern at Wisconsin at nine. Ruggers at Michigan at 9. The first Pac-12 game. The Beavs game, I know there's two games at 7. They have any 12.30 or 1 o'clock games? No. Stanford, looks like we're the first game at 4. Because you got Washington, Utah, Washington State, Utah 7. Usually Arizona at 7.30. There's got to be one more game in there. Maybe not. Well, like I said, four o'clock game is four o'clock game is perfect. Yeah, four o'clock is perfect. So, looks like we're the first Pac-12 game that day. Is that right? No, when's the UW game? Who does UW play? Uh, UW plays. Uh, um, that's at twelve thirty. So USC. USC at UW is at twelve thirty. Okay, so we can watch that game at least uh, around that time. Yeah. Here I can tell you how much you can buy tickets for. 
Tickets for that game okay. are going for 56 If you want to go watch SMU at South Florida, 8 bucks. Wow. Stanford at Oregon State, 13 Here you go. Ohio State at Nebraska, 131 Wow. UCLA, I was, uh, UCLA at Arizona, 12 bucks. Did, did you hear Tim Tebow go off on paying college players? Yes. You know, and, and he made a comment on there, which I didn't think about, um, and I didn't even realize it. He said college stadiums are on average bigger than pro stadiums. Correct. I had no idea. I always thought pro stadiums were massive. No. I had no idea that college stadiums rivaled or, or exceeded pro stadiums. That's, yes. If you look at the biggest stadiums, thought, if you look at the biggest stadiums in the in, uh, the country, they're college stadiums. Michigan, Tennessee. Wow. Yeah. You know, what, what did you think of Tim Tebow's comments? I didn't hear everything he said. My problem with, well, one, you try to start playing these athletes and there's going to be a lot of abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, but these athletes are getting paid. Your school's paid for. You're getting mm-hmm. food. You're getting clothing. You're getting mm-hmm. books. All that stuff's paid for. If you're going to start paying them, then I would think the government's going to start 1099 in them on everything. Yeah. Because right now they don't get 1099 on it. What does that mean? It means you get taxed on it. Um, you know, and you can say, well, but they're de- well, no, you're getting you're getting compensated for something. They're going to 1099. Yeah, think what the 1090 and what the 1099 is going to do. I mean, that's going to take at least a third of yeah. that money. Yeah, and it's just it, it, you're not going to come out ahead. And no, my thing is, well, and my thing is, if, on it plus your taxes. if you are getting paid for that stuff, that they should 1099 you. Mm-hmm. They should 10, they 1099 everything else. They should be taxing that because you're getting paid for that. And really, mm-hmm. I mean, there is very few players that are getting paid for quote unquote, their likeness, right? If you've got a player that's really good and wears number 34, then yeah, there'll be a couple years where you sell a bunch of 34 jerseys. But for the most mm-hmm. part, these players are beloved because they go to that school. You know, there's not a lot of. It's it's a local fan base, not a national fan base. Yeah, and I just, I don't know. I just I, I just see it ripping it apart. And like I said, these kids get a lot of stuff, you know, provided for them because of their they are paid for. It. They're not paid in cash. Yeah. You know, they're, they're being paid indirectly through they're, benefits. They're, they're being paid with benefits. And like I said, I don't, you're going to end up screwing because, you know, you're, you're, you're going to start 1099 football players. You're going to 1099 women's soccer too. Mm-hmm. You know, then it's going to be a slip slope down everybody. Exactly. And those people don't make, and, and there's no other. And really when you look at what, and again, I'm probably pissed people off who are fans of other sports, but football brings in the revenue. Yeah. So when you look at a soccer game, you might get a soccer scholarship, but you're really not bringing in the revenue to justify that soccer scholarship. What, what, what I like to call it is there's only a couple sports that are the money engines of the of the <laughs> of the athletic department, and one of them is football. Football's the big yeah. one. Football's and, the big and, one. And so. possibly basketball, and in like in the case of Oregon State, you got baseball. Yeah, I don't know how much I don't know how much money it generates compared to how much it spends. For baseball, yeah, because yeah. I guess it's not that big of a stadium. No, and you got a lot of you got a lot of away games, and a lot of hotel rooms, and a lot of costs, lot of travel costs, and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I didn't think about that. But anyways, okay, so uh, kind of a nice little tangent there to end things up. But Beej, uh, so eleven o'clock food. We kind of ran through the menu. Anything else you want me to bring out? Um, no, I'm I'm good. Kelly and and. Uh page and i'm not sure if grant or Wyatt's going to be there but one of the two boys um so got them to to cater to and uh i think uh, anybody else coming that you know of that's that's unique that you need to give a shout out to uh not that i know of okay do i need so to bring Greg somebody will be out there i'm sure Greg will meet us out there at god awful what what six o'clock in the morning yeah matt six thirty will come like, yep and gibby will show up just conveniently after everything is show, set up uh-huh so it'll be good. But, right. but in Gibby's, he does go out and help you set up the tent the night before, doesn't he? Correct. Actually, Greg's done the first two games. We did it in the afternoon. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Greg's awesome. Yeah. I want to thank everyone to listen to show number 127 of League of Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there are a few ways to get in touch with us. HeinrichTailgater at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgater on Twitter, also HeinrichTailgater on Facebook. Remember to listen and subscribe on iTunes. Also, you can listen on the Stitcher radio app on your Android or iPhone device. Beach! Billy! It's been a great one. I'm looking forward to this game this week. Well, I know how you love Sausage Fest, Billy. Oh, I do, I do. Can't wait to get them all out of my refrigerator. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I will see you on, uh, I will see you Saturday morning bright and early. Sounds good. And until then, here's a great big Go Beeves. Joining me, as always, from the Heinrich Tailgater, Northern Command, blah, blah, blah.